Welcome to a very special episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Episodes 59 and 60 are perhaps my favorite episodes I've ever been a part of on this podcast. The next two episodes of Vicious Talk are an oral history of the Montebello Stars Baseball Organization. The Stars were a travel baseball organization my grandfather, Armando Perez, started back in 1969 that grew to have a legacy I don't think he could have even imagined when he first started it way back when. This is a story about how one man's passion for the game of baseball combined with his ability to inspire and mentor young men both in the sport and in life would forever change his community and those fortunate enough to don the jersey of the Montebello Stars. This project is going to be broken down into two parts. The first part features interviews with, with Lotto Montes, Jim Montes, and Luis Quitioca. These men each played for the Montebello Stars at different times back in the 1970s. They each offered interesting perspectives on the early years of the Stars and how Mondo, my grandfather, impacted their lives and the surrounding community of Montebello. This first part will also include some of the audio from episode one of Vicious Talk with Benny P. I fittingly interviewed my grandfather on the inaugural episode of this podcast, and it's neat now how this story is coming full circle. So coming up, our first guest, Lotto Montes. Okay, on my podcast now, we have uh, an old friend of my grandfather's and, and my family, Lado Montes. Lado, thank you so much for, for participating in this project uh, of, of mine for the Montebello Stars and my grandfather, Armando. Um, and from my understanding, you were crucial to bring on because your stories and your, your role in kind of the history of the stars and how you participate in how the stars have been you know, and today you you organize a lot of the current like organizations or the get-togethers for the stars, and so I wanted to bring you on, obviously as as a key contributor to this story. And so I'm happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So, Lado, let's start from the beginning with with you on the stars, if you don't mind. Like, what was what? How did you join the stars? Like, how did you hear about the organization? Did you know my grandfather before he started started the organization, or like, kind of what was the the, the origins of, of your your involvement in this? Well, I knew your grandfather because he was a neighbor of ours when we grew up in Montebello. Okay. The, the family was uh, let's see, three doors down. Okay, well, I, where was that? That was that was in Montebello. In Montebello, right by Grant Ray Park. Yeah, on a, on a small street called Valera, Valera Drive. Oh, okay, that's it was, was three doors down, and yeah. we, so we got to know family from a long time ago when we were young, and uh, it was, if I'm not mistaken, what was so interesting and at the same time maybe a little crazy that it happened that way. We have in our family. It's four girls and one boy. Oh. If I'm not mistaken, the same as yes. Armando Dolores. And not only that, I'm the middle child. Oh, very if interesting. Mistaken, Michael is the middle child. Yes. Yeah. So it was so interesting how it just it just happened that when we started to, to add everything up, we're like, hey, we're four and one and they're four and one. And then the boy's right in the middle. So that's actually how I first got to meet the family, how, how I met Coach. And 
so we knew we knew them growing up i don't know exactly when they moved to their the via camille street yeah right i don't know exactly when that was but we used to see the family around town yeah and uh you know so uh we we you know we knew them and then in fact uh um let's see dolores had a younger sister yes i think her name was alma 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 Alma. and i think she's a year older than me and she actually went to school with one of my sisters oh very cool yeah so there was a lot of uh uh coincidences and things that uh we 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 talked about through the years and uh and plus really really good family really really good family and yeah Everybody knows that businesses and families, uh, the key is the, uh, the, the, the people at the top. Yeah. That to be our mom, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, certainly. No surprise, no surprise that the family was as, as good as it was. All, all good people. Yeah, I, I'm obviously I'm, I'm biased, but I'm definitely a big fan of my, my grandfather and grandmother, uh, Armando and Dolores. Um, but Lotto, do you do you remember any of the early impressions you had of, of my grandfather or, you know, do, 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 what, do you remember kind of what he was like back then? Oh, sure. I think uh, I think everybody does. Uh, Coach Armando was. Um, uh, I guess you could say he was unique. Uh, very similar to a lot of coaches, but very different at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think either somebody told him or he found out that the best way I could be a coach is to be myself. Yeah. Don't copy, don't copy anybody else. Maybe copy some of the things that they do as far as coaching, but their personality is not something you want to copy. You have to be Armando Perez. You, that, that's who you have to be first and foremost. That's a great so message. That's we, totally. That's who we saw. That's who we saw. We we saw Coach Mondo and uh, uh, very very even keel. Um, always spoke to us uh, almost like a family. You know, he didn't he never spoke down to us. Always spoke to us and uh, told us what he expected of us. And uh, immediately, you know, everybody was paying attention because I think we all felt that this uh, this could very well be the best coach we're ever going to have. And so we, you know, we, we did, we did what he said, you know, his, his word was what we had to do. And, and, uh, but he was, he was a great communicator, you know, great communicator. Yeah. He prides himself in that. Yeah. Great. And that's rare. That's, that's hard to find, especially when you're involved in coaching because the game demands you to do so many different things during the game but at the same time, you have to maintain your cool because if you just go crazy and 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 mm-hmm. act like some of these managers and coaches do, you're not going to make the right decisions. And that, but that didn't happen because yeah. he always was his, it, the demeanor was always the same. Mm-hmm. So he uh, when he introduced himself to us, we uh, we kind of knew that this was this was gonna this was gonna be this was gonna be special. This was this was baseball, but it was probably going to be a little bit better, a little bit more fun, uh, very team oriented. Uh, we were going to have to, uh, we, were, we were going to have to fight for our positions because it was a lot of talent. And uh, I think all the things that he told us 
we we understood and we wanted to do exactly as he said. But at the same time, he kind of calmed us down. We, we, we didn't have to worry about anything. We, you know, you might have worried about another coach telling you a lot of different things. Yeah. Maybe you didn't have the confidence in him. And so you started to worry right away. But Coach Mondo was, uh, wasn't like that. When he was speaking, you were like really relaxed. You didn't have, there was no reason for you to be tense or uptight. He, he had everybody relaxed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he just, he just had a way of knowing what to say, when to say it. And uh, I think he even knew which of the guys he had to be a little bit more sterner to. <laughs> Certainly. And others, maybe I have to be a little bit less stern to. And so, you know, he knew a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, and I didn't know at that time how much experience he had with coaching, but we would hear little by little from uh, some of the coaches or some of the people in the stands what kind of player he was. So we were like, oh, wow, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a, is a Yes, I, I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot where a lot, a lot of guys, their first impressions of him as, as a coach and kind of as a mentor. And then when they saw him play, it was a little bit awe-inspiring. I wish I had my, I wish I had my own chance to see it. Cause you know, it's, <laughs> it sounds like it was quite the experience. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could tell, you could tell that uh, he, he learned a lot from his days playing ball and, uh, and he wanted to pass that on to us. You know, he wanted to make sure he wanted to make sure that, we looked forward to going to practice. We wanted to make sure we looked forward to going to the games. He didn't want us to worry about different things. Certainly. And uh, he wanted us to realize, you know, if you, if, you, if you do have a problem or if you did have a problem, you know, you come see, if you have to talk to somebody, come and tell me about it. You know, if, 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 it, if it's got a possibility that it interferes with your practice or your game, let's go over it. Let's see if we can iron all the things out. So, yeah, everybody... He, 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 uh, well, that's the counselor in him. That's the, that's, you know, he, oh, he yeah. has, he has the background in, in psychology and counseling. So that's, I mean, that's totally up his alley. I, 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 I totally relate to that. Yeah. So he, uh, he was just, he was just Coach Mondo. And then he, uh, when we started uh, practicing, when we started playing games, he had uh, a couple of different things that he would say. And we didn't think of that much of it at first, but when we'd hear it, in all the different games, mm-hmm. then we started Im- imitating him yeah. because it was just something we'd never heard before. You know, everybody had all these other expressions. You know, you can do it. All these, you know, you're the man. You're the man for the for the for the for the spot right now. All these different things that people would be yelling at you, but his were different, and he said it a particular way, and it stuck with us. And if we ever got together as a group or maybe even just a couple of us, if, if coach's name came up, we'd always imitate him. <laughs> yes. Not, not, not my friends. Me and my friends still did that, you know, and he would, would yeah. well, you know, he has just this unique personality and it's aura about him and his phrases that, you know, it, it's like magnetic, you know, that you want to like impersonate him and it it's like it, it gets like a i don't know it gets a kind of a, a a feeling out of you it feels like where he talks about like be vicious and and oh, yeah. he just has so many different mantras and and just kind of an like i said like a, a an aura about him that kind of inspires that oh yeah so when we when we do talk about him and we impersonate him we always flash back to 
the stars and maybe some which with certain games uh, maybe certain players have you seen so and so have you seen so and so have you seen coach uh, so you know a lot of the a lot of the things times that we talk about him and impersonate him we would always go back to the early 70s when we were playing for him yeah and 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 immediately you you know you just feel good because it was such a great baseball experience and uh and i you know cool. everybody would if they don't say exactly the same thing the the comments would probably be pretty close to the others because yes. everybody felt this yeah so Lotto, how did you join the stars so did my grandfather just kind of invite you or what was like you, do you remember your first impressions of, of the team and when you first went out to play with them you know, I don't remember if he contacted me or I'm assuming he did. I just don't actually have the uh, the recollection of exactly how it happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I remember with the uh, the team was uh, what a great group of ball players it was. It was just really solid baseball players from a lot of different schools. Everybody got along with each other. There wasn't anybody arguing with each other over because you're a rival school. So, you know, our baseball is better than you and we always beat you. We didn't have any of that stuff. We knew that, we knew that, uh, number one, he didn't want it. Coach Mondo didn't want it. And number two, we didn't want to, I don't think, we, I don't think we wanted to face him because we were arguing with each other. It's kind of like he was a father figure and we didn't want to, we don't want to deal with that end of it. We just wanted him to coach us and we just wanted to play baseball. But my first recollection of the, the team was that he had, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, he had drafted some really good quality players. And I, I knew that good things were going to happen because he had uh, he had done his homework. He had Either he did his homework or he had, I'm sure he did his homework, but he probably had maybe one or two other assistants uh, help him out with some scouting and uh yeah, they put they put together some really really good guys, and uh, everybody got along with each other. I think that's I think that's one of the things that he was looking for, and uh, luckily for all of us, it happened that way. We all got along with each other. We all backed each other up. If you sat on the bench uh, for a number of games or however many games you sat on the bench, you would cheer the guys on. Nobody was ever sitting on the bench uh, saying something bad about anybody else because we knew that that's not the way he wants it. Yeah. It's not the way he wants it. So we're not going to, we're not going to do it. Yeah. What's really funny to me is I I've, I've talked to a number of his former players now back, I mean, as far back as the seventies and such. And what's really funny is just how long this culture has been existing within the organization, because I played as my, my father was coaching me and my, my older brother for the stars. We started back up around, I think 2012 or so. And we played, we played for another like four years or so as the Montebello stars, but, and my grandfather was involved, but he was, he would just more show up more so show up to workouts and and to occasional games. And what's funny is just how how much I can relate exactly to what you're talking about, because we were a a hodgepodge of players coming from all, all over LA County and even orange County. And there was never like any sort of rivalry or like, there was never like, Oh, we played you in my high school. Exactly what you're talking about where there was no, it was like, in fact, I had two friends on the team that I don't think they knew each other. They played against each other in rival high schools and then they became like best friends and they went to the same junior college and they played and and they're living together now as, as friends. And it's, it's, it's really neat to, you know, that, 
my grandfather kind of laid this foundation for, you know, this, this consistent and, and long lasting culture of just, you know, it's hard to put, put it all into one single word or phrase, but it's just, it's just an outstanding, you know, environment and culture and, and friendliness and, and like a, like a family, you know? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. We, we still communicate uh, either with phone calls, text messages, emails, um, or we get together uh, with, a lot of guys uh, from that time, uh, early seventies, that played with the stars, and uh, we we don't even bring up the fact that you went to this school, you went to that school. We're just getting together to either have a bite to eat, to talk, or if we're texting or calling on the phone, just checking in to see how each other is. And and uh, uh, and we've been doing that for years. You know, cool. yeah, there was a time when everybody was working and everybody was involved with their family, and we didn't do it as often, but that uh that friendship that friendship uh, never went away it, it, we still have it and yeah. a lot of times uh if you if you send a text message or an email to somebody you know you'll you'll put mtb stars and as as far as uh my fellow you'll start off the the, the text message or the email with uh, my fellow stars teammate you'll put that on there you know that, that'll that'll come up a lot Mm-hmm. because it was such a great time and 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 it's something that we will never forget we we've got it yeah you know we, uh, we got it because of coach coach mondo and uh, it's never going to go away we'll yeah pass it on to whoever will listen yeah would you say those are some of your fondest memories in terms of i mean obviously i love the game of baseball and i'm sure all you and all your teammates love the game but for me like i'm i'm not even that far removed from my playing days but you know the biggest thing that i missed is I miss the the camaraderie and the team the team environment that you know the specifically the stars were always my favorite playing days um, as 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 a baseball player. So would you kind of think that do you feel the same way? Oh, without a doubt, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. That's yeah, really cool. without a doubt because it's uh, it was just a it was like I said earlier it was it was very similar to what we were used to, but at the same time it was different. It was better. I different. completely understand. And it, it's and it's yeah. hard to explain it besides it was different. You know, we, we just yeah. when you show up to the ball field, you feel like your team is different from the team across from you. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We all because we all wanted to win and we all uh, backed each other up regardless of who started and who who didn't start. And, uh, you know, not, not like you wanted to stay on the bench, you know, the whole season. But if you were going to be assigned to the bench for that particular game you were going to do what you got to do to help the team win. You know, you're going to back the, back your teammates up. You're going to play catch with, if, if you're going to play, uh, you could play catch with the, the left fielder or the center fielder uh, before the inning starts. So you were going to do things and you were going to help out. And you might even sit down uh, and talk to somebody that just struck out or maybe that, uh, that didn't come through with a clutch hit and say, Hey, man, don't worry about it. You know, yeah. coach, you know, you know coach, knows that you can hit he goes just next time hey don't worry about it next totally. time it's done next time yeah so um yeah it was uh it was uh it was it was an experience it was um it was special you know because yeah. a lot of things uh and then he taught he, he taught you because we were all what 16 17 18 he taught us how to act uh you know as an adult you know we, we'd see him all the time and he'd always act the same and uh, you never saw him doing anything that he wasn't supposed to do. You know, he was he was a parent. He was an adult. He was a coach. And he wanted to set an example for us because he, he couldn't uh, expect 
different things from us on the field. And then when we're not on the field, we're looking and we're like, hey, what's coach doing? What is that? You know, he wanted everything to be understood by us. Yeah. He wanted the example. Yeah. Well, when he started to, you know, when you started to begin to uh, acclimate to the organization, to my grandfather's kind of unique, I don't know, tactics and his, his personality and his, his ways of kind of organizing the team, did it feel new? Did it feel like I'd never seen a coach do this or did it feel like we were doing something obviously different is the word here, but like, did it, how did that feel? Because it seems like it was, you know, it was something that a lot of people weren't exposed to at the time. How did that kind of, go over in terms of you know where you guys were doing a lot of things that weren't necessarily a, like the customary practices of at the time i don't remember anything being so much different from everything i had experienced as far as baseball yeah but uh, i think the fact that we had really good ball players who became really really confident in their ability and in the coaching staff so we, we knew that every game we were going to play, we were going to be in every game. There wasn't going to be a matter of us getting blown out and, and us looking at each other like, what, what's going on? What happened? Uh, he, he, he had everybody prepared for all the situations and uh, he had everybody thinking along with the game. You know, you, you, you weren't going to be in the dugout fooling around like when you were in Little League. This was, this was uh, big boy baseball and you had to... Uh, you had to do what you were supposed to do and what coach wanted us to do. And, uh, uh, we had, we had a great time, you know, and then it got to the point where we never thought about what we were doing. We just did it. It all of a sudden went from something maybe a little bit different and new to us. All of a sudden after doing it for so many times, it was just part of us. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coach expected it out of us and he got it. He got it, you know, and I, and I know everybody, wanted to give him a hundred percent. Nobody wanted to give anything less totally. than a hundred percent, you know, whatever, whatever the situation was, you know, if, if you were playing the hot corner and their best hitter came up, you were telling yourself, I'm ready. Whatever this guy hits, how hard, however hard he hits it. Yeah. I'm going to make the play. Yeah. My grandfather, for me, I, I totally relate with that because my grandfather, like I would always give my, my hardest workouts and like my hardest efforts. I don't know what it was like. Cause I mean, I'm, it's not like I wasn't trying when he wasn't around, but like, he just brought like an extra gear out of me. It felt like where like he would have me run Hills and like swing the lead bat. And like, he, he just would get more out of me. It seemed like, and I don't know how to explain it besides it just, it was him and it was his personality and his, his, you know, his quiet expectations of, of him, and his his team and his players and and for me as his grandson. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. And uh, it was. Uh, I, I think the best way I, I would describe it is was just an experience that uh, um, we all really, really came to love and uh, enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we all, we all wish we were those ages again, just to go through yeah, it. Totally. Which, it was such a blast. We had such yeah. a great time. Can you but, think of, uh, can you think of a, a memory that, or, or like an experience in, in specifically of you had with, with Mondo or uh, as with the stars as a team? Is there anything that you think you could think of when you think back that, you know, that was a really funny or like a really fun memory that we had as, as a team or with, or with Mondo? 
you know, I don't really remember any individual game, although we did have some games that uh, we had to come from behind to win, and and we did, and mm-hmm. uh, those, those are always those are always great walk off yes. hits or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't really um, remember. I think I know for a fact, uh, and everybody on the team would tell you that uh, we uh, we weren't the kind of team that. Uh, we were yelling a lot of stuff from the dugout to the other team or to the other, maybe not even, not only not direct anything at the dugout, but don't direct anything on the, to the opponent when they're on defense. Yes. We didn't, we didn't do any of that stuff because we knew what it wasn't going to be tolerated. And we, you know, we figured if it wasn't, if they didn't teach it to us and we don't have to, we're not going to worry about it. We're not going to do it. But we had one guy on our team that um, every now and then he'd yell something from the dugout. And I, I looked at him and I was like, oh, man, I go, how's that going to go over? But uh, coach, coach didn't, I don't ever, I don't ever remember him addressing it because I think the guy had a particular personality and it would just come out as soon as mm-hmm. something happened and he had a comment about it, he'd say it. And we were kind of like looking at him like, oh, I hope coach doesn't get mad over that. He didn't. The other team, you know, didn't do anything about it it was just one of those things where uh it was kind of like uh and i think now that i look back i think it was kind of his way to get us pumped up if we weren't playing up to what we should be playing uh but some of the some of the comments he used to make were so funny it was incredibly (laughs) funny that that that's why we'll talk about it years later because his timing was impeccable he'd he'd make a comment and then Sometimes you need that as a team. Sometimes you need yeah, that, because, that guy. Yeah, because if it was a crucial time in the game and the pitcher walked one of our guys, now there's extra guys on base because of that walk. And then he's he's trying to pick the guy off first base. He would yell at the pitcher. Hey, he goes, hey, you walked him already. Stop pitching to him. <laughs> and he, he, he'd always come up with something at just the right time. Um, and, and, and he, uh, but, but he was a good player. Frankie was a really good pitcher really good pitcher and he could hit. And uh, so I think, I think coach Mondo just let it go just because it was harmless, but it, it, you know, like I said, it was funny. And then at times when we weren't playing a star baseball, it kind of woke us up and we were like, Hey, yeah, you know what? We got to start doing what we got to do. Yes. So when you, so my, my father has kind of explained that you've, you still stay involved with a lot of the former teammates and you've kind of touched on that. What, what is like the legacy of the stars that from your perspective nowadays? Cause obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the newer generation and do you, do you, like, so you talked about how you stay in contact with your teammates. So how does like the legacy of, you know, the Montebello stars and the guys that you played with, how, how is that kind of living on with you guys today? And, and obviously during the pandemic, we're not able to, you know, meet up in person as, as much as we, right, right. but, but how has like before that, before the pandemic and kind of hopefully when afterwards, when we're able to meet together, how is it kind of, you know, to explain to me, like, what do you guys do and how to like, get how I mean, you guys are, are, you talked about, you guys are still close for some, with some of the people, right? Oh, sure. Sure. I think what happened when, uh, in the, in the, in the process of coach, uh, talking to us about different things that he expected and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I think there was a, uh, a, a, a culture of a family 
with us, without us even realizing it. We know we everybody we all had our own families, but now we've got a baseball family uh, mm-hmm. with with the Marlboro Stars. And like I said, without us even realizing it, she kind of molded us into a family. So as the years went by, like I said, uh, you know, we got involved with families and our work, but we'd always try to keep in touch with each other. And, uh, you know, we might go golfing, we might grab a bite to eat. Um, just something really simple. Somebody might have a birthday. We might get together for that. But we, we, we realized uh, late years later that he taught us how to, how to care about each other and, and, and check with each other and make sure everybody's okay. Uh, and like I said, without even realizing what was happening back in the day, he was forming us into a family, a baseball family. And uh, uh, that, uh, I think, I think you, 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 baseball is great. Baseball, you know, you, you never forget. You, all, you always want to talk about it. You always want to reminisce. You wish you could still play. But uh, the family aspect of it, the baseball family, uh, to, to I think all of us, including myself, is far more important than the fact that we all play baseball together. Yes. We were able to stay in contact with each other and care about each other, regardless of where you were from and all that other stuff. Because And then when we get together, we don't care what anybody does for a living we don't really care what kind of car you drive. We just want to see you. We just want to talk. We just want to find out what's going on and, uh, you know, reminisce about, you know, the good old days and, and coach Mondo. So, uh, um, you know, the, I think the family aspect of the stars was at the top and then the actual playing of the game was right under that. Uh, baseball just happened to be, uh, the unifying force, right? The, yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's it's stuck with us. It's probably, if you ask the guys, it's probably the most important thing about the stars is that we still keep in touch with each other. I know a couple of years ago, we got together with Coach, and I think there were nine of us, and uh, we sat down and had lunch. And, uh, you know, we started asking them questions about, you know, Where'd you come up with that? Uh, be vicious and hey, pretty. We all we want we wanted to know. So he would he would tell us, and uh, um, we t- ask him certain things, and then he'd ask a lot of us, "What are you doing now? How, how have you been? And how's your family? And all these different things." And so you know, it was it was it was great. It was it was really a lot of fun. And um, we were going to try and do one uh, this year, but obviously yeah. uh, we couldn't. But as soon as this clears. We're definitely going to get together and uh, and uh, like we always do, just see each other, hug each other, uh, reminisce about the old days, and, and uh, you know, just just talk to coach and see how he's doing and see what's the the latest. That's cool. How his health. So you know, it it was uh, it was like I said, it was an experience, and uh, uh, it was the kind of experience you know you just you don't forget. It just you just certain things in your life you just don't forget and the, the the experience with the stars is one of the things that we don't forget Certainly. i don't even think we would even try we, we we don't we wouldn't try to forget about it number one and then i think uh, uh it's always it's just always there it's always with us and it's always going to be with us and uh and we're very grateful because uh it was uh you know a lot of life lessons uh 
uh, came out of the, the baseball experience. And uh, that's awesome. You know, we're all about, uh, I know the guys that are my age, we're 65 now. So, you know, that's, uh, you know, I think it's quite a number of years ago uh, when we were playing when we were yeah. 15, 16, 17, and 18. You know, it's, it's quite a few years uh, since then. But, uh, you know, what all the things that uh, Coach Mondo uh, spoke about and uh, wanted us to uh, learn and wanted us to uh, execute and take with us uh, forever is uh, is alive and well. It's, it's, it's here to stay. Yeah, that's awesome. So with um, each of my interviews I've been, I've been working on for this project, I've uh, been wrapping it up by just kind of asking um, people about so obviously, I mean, you kind of touched on on what this organization meant to you and what you got out of it. But is there anything that you would say to my grandfather? Because I mean, obviously, he'll listen to the podcast and listen to this pro this project. And in the end, is there anything that you would say to him specifically that you'd want you want to wrap it up with? Oh, sure. First of all, two words. Thank you. Uh, second of all, uh, you are a great man, and you are a great coach. You're a great communicator. Mm -hmm. Uh, leader of men, leader of young men. And uh, I thank you for the Montebello Stars experience uh, because of uh, because of you and the way you uh, acted and talked to us and convinced us that uh, baseball is, uh, is good for now, but take away a lot of lessons from our experience into the future. Uh, and we've done that. And um, I was fortunate that uh, all your speaking uh, convinced me that years later, the coach, I, I coached baseball at my uh, my high school over at Cantwell High in Montebello. I coached there uh, three different occasions and um, tried to uh, tried to emulate coach, you know, um, be as even keel as you can, uh, be a good example. Um, all the good things that uh, he taught me and the rest of us, uh, I, I tried to take it with me when I was coaching and uh, uh, and then you get uh, you get a different perspective of baseball when you're coaching because uh, it's a lot different than when you're playing because now instead of executing what your coach is telling you, now you've got to get your kids to execute what you're trying to teach them. So it's a lot it's a lot different and uh, not easy, not easy, but very rewarding. And uh, I think he'd say the same I thing. Would, I would say that uh, to, to coach. Uh, thank you. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, I could speak forever about, you know, the stars, <laughs> but uh, thank you, I think, sums it all up. And then uh, uh, also to his uh, family for uh, letting us uh, borrow him uh, the, for the time period that we borrowed him, because I know that baseball with the stars took him away for for a number of uh, days and uh, hours. And, uh, you know, it's not not that easy for the for the family to. Uh, cope with that but uh they, they 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 were good because you figure he's working full-time and then he's doing his baseball so that's a lot of hours away from the family that uh he's involved with and uh you know they uh they were they were very very good sports about it so thank you also to the family especially dolores totally yeah that's well said thank you so much lotto i really appreciate you taking the time to to do this for for my grandfather and for this this project that i'm working on I'm looking forward to hearing kind of the final final product of everybody kind of combined together. And I think what we'll see is a lot of similar themes that we're talking about amongst all everybody having a really, you know, similar takeaways from this whole experience of the Montebello stars. Um, but again, I really appreciate you taking the time. 
Oh, my, my pleasure. Thank you for including me, and thank you for doing it, Ben. Okay, thank you, Lado. Our next guest coming up on the podcast, Jim Montes, not related to Lado, but just as exciting. All right, Jim Montes. Has that pronounced right? Montes? That's it. Jim, Jim, welcome to the podcast, my friend. I, really nice to meet you. Jim. Jim's an old friend of uh, my grandfather, Mondo Perez, and he's uh, good friends with my, my, my family. My father knows him well, and my aunts know him well, um, and wanted to get some perspectives of the early years of the Montebello Stars, and uh, really looking forward to hearing his perspective uh, on the podcast. Welcome, po- Welcome, Jim. Hey, thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. And um, wanted to dive right in and, and kind of ask you. So you um, were one of the, the one of the original. You know, you were one of the older generation of the stars, and wanted to. That's, that's a very very polite way of uh, putting it. <laughs> try yeah. try try to be polite with it, but you know, it's crazy how all like you go you when thinking back about the older years of the stars. It's it's such an old organization, and uh, my grandfather was one of the early pioneers of that kind of the style of baseball with like um, travel balls essentially. And um, wanted to kind of just ask you about the origins of the stars and where, how you came about to joining the team and, and the organization yeah. with my grandfather. Without a doubt. Uh, I was thinking about that the last couple of days. It's about 50 years now that I've known your father, your grandfather, excuse me. Uh, and the origins of the Montebell stars, they probably started in 1969. Uh, the first Connie Mac team, uh, some really good friends of mine, Raul Grijalva, Frank Milan, Mike Martinez were, uh, Clint Bonilla, I believe, was some of the original Montebell stars. Uh, I was invited to, to join probably the second year of the Connie Mack team. I was playing baseball in the Montebello uh, uh, Baseball Association in the midget division, and your grandfather was coaching one of the teams. And even then, even before I knew him, he was, he was so positive and, and so competitive, but in a very good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he invited me uh, – fact it was about 50 years this this winter to become part of the Montebell Stars was an eye-opening experience Uh, the first thing I I understood is that uh, there was a whole way of a whole different way of looking at not only at the sport but the approach to baseball and just uh, exposed me to different things than I ever knew uh, regarding the sport yeah what was what were some of the the like, because from my understanding, it seemed like he was really early. Like he was one of the first people to really implement a lot of these uh, strategies or, or different mindsets of, of the team with like be vicious and and yeah. just like yeah. more of a, a, a team environment and and such yeah. and bringing like a, a almost like a potluck or like a hodgepodge of just different players from all over. What was that like? Was it did it feel new in the in the moment? Did it feel like it was kind of revolutionary? Did it what did it feel like? Uh, it felt fantastic. I mean, the, the first thing we did, uh, even before we came the Montebello Stars, we'd get together uh, and have winter workouts. Mm-hmm. And again, I was from Montebello. My grandpa bring, was all about the workouts. That was his thing. It was all about the workouts. Yeah. yeah. The winter workouts. And, and they were so organized. You took 50 ground balls. You took batting practice. You stretched. You ran. So it felt uh, very professional. Uh, the other thing that was fantastic about it, it wasn't just Montebello kids at all. Uh, he incorporated, of course, kids from Roosevelt High School, his alma mater, uh, certain other 
areas of East LA, Salesian, of course, Cantwell, Montebello. So I got to know a, a tremendous amount of uh, quality individuals mm-hmm. and they all, they all had the, we all had the same approach. We all loved the game of baseball. We didn't know what we were doing there, by the way, because it was brand new, uh, Ben. All we had done is played in our own little neighborhoods against the same guys over and over again. So it was a, a new and exciting thing to understand that we're going to be able to compete against better baseball players, learn the game of baseball, uh, and didn't even understand that we were actually learning games of life. Definitely. Things that we, things that we could and did incorporate for the rest of our lives to, you know, to raise our families and try to be successful. But it was really exciting. I mean, again, I had... Uh, I got in with the Marvel Stars very early, and I was fortunate to do so. But again, where did the you, real thing. Is, where did you grow up from? What 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 school were you attending? When, well, I was when you I, I was playing in Montebello. Well, actually, as uh, I grew up in Montebello, I was I think I was a sophomore at Montebello High School when I got invited to to play that winter or with uh with the Montebello Stars. I know I played when I was 16, 17, and eighteen uh, with the Stars, and it was really a terrific thing. But uh, there were probably three or four of us from Montebello High School. The majority of the guys were from Roosevelt, Cantwell, and uh, against Legion, I think, had a couple of ball players. Mm-hmm. And then a, a few other guys would come in from other schools, as, Mon- as Mondo invited. And one of the things um, that I think really made us uh, not only successful teams, but really uh, a family, was the fact that we all had a love for baseball. Uh, we all liked to work hard. We wanted to learn. But, you know, it, the hub, the hub was your grandfather. The way he presented things, the way he brought us together, uh, his teachings. Uh, you already, you already mentioned one of the things: vicious, hey, hey vicious, hey, pretty. Yeah. These things we, we still, when we meet, when we meet uh, other Montebello stars today, fifty years later, that's how we greet ourselves. Mm-hmm. But it just those those uh, idi- idioms were so ingrained and and just part of uh, totally. the growing of process. Yeah. With him, with him being my grandfather, you could bet that, you know, that was up my life. That wasn't just baseball. You know, that was, he was, you know, every family gathering, he grabs you by the hand, he brings you in tight. And, you know, he, he, he says, are you vicious? Or like, what'd you do? That was vicious recently, you know? Yeah. And um, totally, I I, I, could, I can relate 100% to that. And yeah. um, so, so, Jim, ask, tell me, what were some of your first impressions with, with my grandpa Mondo and, and the team in general? What was some of, like, do you remember any stories or any sort of uh, anecdotes of, of – Quite a bit of, of stories. Like, like I said, we, we'd get together for winter workouts, which is unheard of. Yeah. And we'd have practices, very organized practices. We were taking ground balls. Well, first of all, you start out stretching and you know, just throwing. Before you know it, you're taking ground balls, you're taking batting practice. Mondo would probably take somebody aside and, and make uh, – Was he pitching you guys batting practice or was it from the machine? No, back then there's no machine. Okay. <laughs> the junk machine didn't didn't <laughs> uh, didn't uh, exist. Uh, it was your grandfather or other people pitching to us. Yeah, your, your grandfather. You must have went home with a sore arm every day. <laughs> he would throw. He would throw to you know ten, fifteen guys. Yeah. And and the balls were always around the plate. Believe me. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the towards the end of your batting practice, you go here it goes. You start throwing your little curveballs. Yeah. Now, his curveball didn't break much, but you could see the spin. You, you started to learn, you know, what to look for. But, uh, yeah, so he, he'd, take, he'd, he'd take a couple of guys, you know, at different times to a side and uh, make certain suggestions about their batting or, or other things. But what I remember, too, about Mondo was just his enthusiasm. It almost looked like he was always bouncing up and down when he's talking to you. His hands are moving a little mm-hmm. bit, and you feel the passion. You feel the, the positiveness. And I think that uh, 
that was a far cry from what a lot of other coaches were doing back then. They thought that uh, the only way they could get your attention was to be gruff and aggressive. Yeah. Your, your grandfather is a true communicator, true teacher. Yeah, like I think I that said, his background in uh, psychology and psych- psychiatric work where he, w- he was a school psychologist, and I think he really attributes a lot of that work yeah. to the style that he was able to implement as a coach and as a player on the field. Did it, did it, did it come across that way? Oh, without a doubt. He was, he was, he was, never, uh, he was never lecturing us, whether it was in a group or, or individually. It was always a teaching and believe me, you, you, you listened to everything he said, not only because of uh, the information he was passing on to you, but the way he was passing it on to you. It was, uh, again, for, with passion, with intelligence, very concise, very clear. Um, and again, even when, even when we're, uh, we started playing the games, the same thing. Is the, way, the way he approached the game was very serious, very competitive, but he always taught us to do things with class. You win with class, you lose with class, you don't embarrass yourself, you don't embarrass your team. And that became very, very important to all of us. Now, he would let us, by the way, he would let us just rag on the other team as much as we wanted, as long as we didn't cross certain lines, because they were certainly doing it back to us. And quite frankly, some of those guys from Roosevelt could, could talk smack with the best of them, and yeah. I loved it. It was really a nice, uh, nice environment, nice competitive environment. But, you know, Mondo wouldn't let us take it past that either. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard some of the stories about kind of I, it seems like the 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 fact that there were so many players coming from different areas of Southern California and and oftentimes some of the the poorer neighborhoods you could say yeah. it seemed like you were a lot of the players were were really true, true characters were like it was it was kind of bringing together a group of people that wouldn't normally you know hang out outside of the sport of baseball but and then what was kind of like the bonding process of that where you guys didn't really know each other a, a lot of people didn't really know each other outside of the field and and yeah. was there kind of um, an initial kind of hesitance to mesh or was it kind of right from the start did you guys get that chemistry and and really take upon my grandfather's philosophies yeah, I, I think, um, you know, quite frankly, the way we grew up and played uh, baseball Montebello is quite different than the way the kids in Roosevelt started, you know, grew up playing baseball. Mm-hmm. The first thing they would do when they get on the field is they'd start stretching. Well, we didn't do that. We started playing catch. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden we incorporated the stretching too. Uh, it actually, I think, improved our uh, our camaraderie because when you're late, you know, everybody's doing the hamstring stretch, you're, you're sitting there talking to somebody, saying, you know, so how's your day? What's going on? So I think that helped us bond. Um, and I think, I think innately Mondo even knew that because it's not like he was sitting there, you know, watching us bond or watching us get together, but he was, he, he was there in, in the background. It was very easy for us to, to come together guys from different neighborhoods because of baseball, because of the love of baseball mm-hmm. and the understanding that we're going to, uh, you know, improve ourselves athletically and, and have some different experiences because again, it was very exciting being able to understand that not only we're we meeting guys from different neighborhoods, but we're going to go play different, you know, people in different cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may or may not be important, but the racial makeup, you know, basically Hispanic kids, whether it was from Montebello or whether it was from, uh, you know, Roosevelt, Salesian. So we, we kind of had the same kind of backgrounds, although we lived in different neighborhoods. Definitely. So it was a really, really easy bonding process. Certainly. I mean, I think that, I mean, it seems like back then it was, 
uh, uh, the environment that was with the Montebello Stars really shaped that kind of, you know, the uh, the ability for everybody to kind of bond together and and you know make an effort for one cause as a team. And and it was kind of I don't know. It seemed like it was a, a little bit more. Um, it was new. It was a newer. It was a newer theme or a newer philosophy. <clears throat> He was he was kind of implementing and he didn't really realize it then it seems like uh, i don't think i'm not sure mondo understood exactly what he's doing you know for us period quite frankly mm-hmm. if he if he did well you know he's uh, crazy like a fox <laughs> and the reason i say that is because again he gave us not only an opportunity to improve ourselves as baseball players but like like you're mentioning to to do something that was kind of unheard of back then you, you you take a team out of your city, out of your little neighborhood, and go play teams in other places, uh, with the ultimate goals of actually traveling out of state in some sort of a, a playoff format. You know, which which made everything more exciting. It, it yeah. had us be more dedicated to our sport. But I what I also understand is that through what your grandfather allowed us to be part of, allowed us to learn skill sets that we, you know, took took and could incorporate outside of baseball. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, the theme of the Montebello Star is education through baseball. Yeah. When when you're first introduced to it, you know it's it's kind of a cloudy. You don't understand what it means until you go back and reflect. In my mind, what I what I understood is all, well, and your, your grandfather put this forward that if we uh, if we improved ourselves fundamentally, we followed instructions, we had the love for the game. There's a possibility of us playing at different levels. You know, whether it be in college, professionally, et cetera. And that's, you know, back then it was every boy's dream to, to do something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think your father was the first person, at least in my life, to articulate my dream. And I heard my dream. And as a reflection, I said, well, wait a minute, this is, you know, something I've always wanted to do. So yeah. I was able, I, I, as well as other people, were able to apply those fundamentals, those lessons, uh, and, and get an education because of baseball. And I think the other big thing was that, and it is the bigger lesson, by the way, that we could take the things that we learned, you know, through our pursuit of baseball and apply those to different things in our lives, yes. whether it be, you know, our, our careers, our education, uh, and, you know, use those same, those same uh, teachings, get the fundamentals down, the hard work, the perseverance, set those goals and, and work diligently, work harder than anybody else. Definitely. And I think uh, those two things have you know, played a large part, not only in my life, but a lot of my teammates' lives. Uh, and, it, you know, those are gifts we, we can't repay. Definitely. We can't repay. Yeah, I, I relate 100%. I, I, compl- I completely understand what you mean. And that education through baseball philosophy is like a layered concept almost, where obviously the main goal or one of the main goals of – when we're playing at a, a high school level and eventually a collegiate level that you want to use the sport of baseball to get your, to get your education and be, and further your, your career and your life in general, but also that, that concept you're talking about of implementing the philosophies and the lessons you learn on the field, off the field as well. So I, I, I completely understand that. And no, I think that I, I, use those, I use those same philosophies in parenting. Totally. You know, just, just the positiveness, uh, the same framework that, that I learned, you know, as a Montebello star and, and during that era, implement them into your personal relationships and it makes life easier. Yes. You know, it really does. It makes life better. There's a structure there that you yeah. can follow. It's crazy for, for me personally. I mean, I was a very competitive baseball player 
And it's crazy because I would focus like all, all my energy was spent towards, you know, bettering myself and my team trying to yeah. like strive for the wit for to win and to be the best player I could be. Uh, but then you look back and you're like, you know what I really appreciate and what I miss most is like one, the camaraderie of your team and your teammates and your coaches, but also, you know, using the lessons and cultivating those lessons and, and philosophies into what shapes you, who you are today. And it's crazy to think about because my whole mindset has changed and I'm only a few, I'm only, you know, five or six years removed from my playing days. And it's, it's really something that I, I try to, you know, implement into my life moving forward. You know, and it's funny that you mentioned that Ben, because, um, you know, I'm 65 years old today. And even today, if I, if I introduce myself as James Montez, some people say, wait, Jimmy Montez? And they'll relate it back to baseball. You used to play baseball? That's how people know me. That's how they define me. And I'm fine with that, believe me, because those were some of the best years of my life, some of the best friendships ever made, some of my best memories. But I understood that, you know, at least from my point of view, I, I can only be competitive so long. So I kind of had to reinvent myself. But again, with the, the lessons that you learn through that Mondo taught us and the, the discipline, the fundamentals of hard work, you know, you you, you transform yourself. You, you can become somebody else and you know, as needed. So yeah, I'm very, very grateful for that. Do you have a favorite memory maybe on the field and maybe off the field? Like what do you have any specific, can you think of like a, a maybe a, a favorite memory of you guys achieved as a team or maybe uh, yeah, I've got a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> got a couple of them. The, first, the first one, you know, the first one I want to share actually doesn't necessarily relate to the Montebello stars, but it relates to my experiences specifically with your grandfather. When I was 16 years old, he called me on a Saturday Saturday afternoon and asked me if I wanted to go play baseball on Sunday. I'm thinking, baseball on Sunday during the winter? How, how's that work? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, we need some players. Do you want to play? Of course I want to play. So he picked me up in that white Volkswagen that he used to drive <laughs> and we went over to Montecito Park. And we, he introduced me to a gentleman named uh, Shorty Perez, legendary guy yes. in, the, in the county leagues. Uh, with the Carmelita Choriceros. And, you know, they said, well, we need some guys. Do you want to play? So I thought, that's fantastic. It's, it works for me. I said I'd rather play baseball than do anything. Um, I didn't get into the game till about halfway during the game, which is makes sense. I was 16 years old. These were men that were playing. Of course, being part of your, your grandfather's team as a teammate, I was in awe. I mean, so I, I got to see him actually play as a teammate, had that experience. Mm-hmm. Now, this particular game, for whatever reason, I knocked in the winning run and mm-hmm. he looked at me like I was the best thing since popcorn, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody was all happy. Mondo and I went home joyfully uh, in that Volkswagen. Uh, next week, almost the exact same situation. I'm up with the winning run on base. Strike three, we lose the game. As a 16-year-old, I'm feeling pretty bad. Mondo just looks at me and goes, hey, better days are ahead. Yeah, that's, that one of his, that's one of his phrases. Better know. days are ahead. Yeah. And that, that resonated so well in my mind that, you know, better days are always going to be ahead. So don't get too high, too low. Very, very, very important lesson to learn. Another uh, remembrance that I have is we were playing Connie Mac against San Pedro. And these guys were, were being pretty aggressive, pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point where I was playing second base and a guy actually came up. We wore metal pleats at the time, uh, cleared my arm where I still have a scar. 
Wow. Well, Mongo stands up. He goes, hey, that's Bush. That's Bushley. Points at his head. And he goes, next time that guy comes up, I want one up at his head. Now, that didn't that didn't happen, by the way. We didn't throw it at his head. Mondo was <laughs> protecting his players. Yeah. So after that, we, we didn't even have any signs. Mondo would say, bunt the ball. Or he'd tell the guy, steal. <laughs> he wanted them to know what we were doing and let him know that, hey, you guys can't stop our guys. You know, that's how he, his competitive juices came up. But he didn't do it in a... Uh, in a uh, hateful, <laughs> hurtful manner. He just said, okay, you, you set the guidelines. This is what we're going to play. We're going to tell you exactly what we're going to do, and we're still going to beat you. Yeah. And we ended up winning that game. So that th- those kinds of lessons, you know, really uh, yeah, really stick in your mind. But a lot of – and I could tell you a hundred stories of us, you know, the, the successes we had, the failures we had, uh, and especially in County Mac – um, our, our teams were very good. Uh, just a great set of guys. Mondo put together a nice coaching staff as well. Some guys that were knowledgeable in baseball, but had the same philosophy. Mm-hmm. I can also remember your, your grandfather taking me aside one time in Pico Rivera. Uh, I, I guess I was acting a little, a little uppity or something. And he told me, hey, listen, Jim, it seems like you've been getting mad a lot lately. Is there anything going on? And I, you know, there probably was, but I, I wouldn't admit it. And he goes, hey, just settle down and play the game. And, you know, just those kinds of things always uh, always helped me to, to to function as a baseball player, as a teammate, and, you know, even as a father. You know, somebody's throwing a fit, just settle it down instead of inflame it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, just uh, I remember another time we, we played a, I want to say a 14 or 15 inning game it was a playoff game in Long Beach. And depending on the outcome of that game, we were going to go to either tournament A or tournament B. We also had a team uh, pool party planned for that evening. <laughs> so, yeah, so by the time we got to the pool party, it was like 8 o'clock at night. We shoved hot dogs and hamburgers down our throat. We you know, went home, and I think, you know, two days later, we are playing another tournament. But, you know, those are good, good remembrances. Very good remembrances. <laughs> Very uh, cool. Do you um do you ever were you ever involved with my grandfather's like the fundraising uh efforts he would have for yeah. the stars and stuff? Were you ever involved? Yeah, I certainly was. He, Mondo Mondo was a hustler. Yeah. I mean he was he was <clears throat> he wasn't shy and when it comes to raising money, we used to go speak to the to uh, Rotary clubs. Uh, uh, where else? Well, any any kind of civic organization. We asked. We went to City Hall and got money for, you know, for travel and things of that nature. And um, it's real interesting because during some of these fundraising events, you know, you just, I, I, he would ask me to just go talk about my experiences. At the time, I was uh, uh, going to Whittier College and playing baseball, of course. But um, just so happened that my ex-vice principal, who, let's just say he knew me a little bit and not in the best, <laughs> best ways was was actually sitting in the stands or not it was sitting in the audience and after uh after the fundraising event he came up to me and started talking to me about all the benefits and we did college he was an alumni he wanted me to pledge with one of these societies there and different things of that nature and i just thought it was you know like like a full 180 because you know i've been in his office under less than perfect <laughs> circumstances yeah but yeah we we We'd go there and just um, talk about our experiences. I remember one time, uh, 
there was an issue with the city of Montebello, whether or not the Montebello Stars would be able to actually utilize Montebello City Park. Okay. And so he must have had 20 players sitting in the stands. And every time, you know, they asked for somebody to talk, somebody would get up there and, and, uh, and make comments about their experiences as a baseball player, what it did to them and why it's important to keep the park open to, uh, you know, for the, for the Connie Mac, for the travel team. But there was a, one guy who was a little rougher on the edges than some of us, Louis Kirioka, very yes. good, uh, very good friend of your father, your grandfather. Yeah, Louis, Louis is gonna, he's gonna be a part yeah, of this. He got project. up there. But he got up there. And see if he remembers this. He, uh, he got up there, and very articulately uh, spoke to them why why they should have him or why they should have the uh, Montebell Stars able to access the city park. He's talking about, you know, being a baseball player and what it go, what it does. And at the end of it, he goes. I can either be still in second base or I could be still in your car. What do you want? What do you want to happen? So, you know, this made a lot of sense. And, and believe me, it kept a lot of us out of trouble, you know, playing baseball, playing sports, especially back then. Nowadays, there's, there's so many more things young people could get involved in. You know, back then, if you didn't play sports, I'm not sure exactly what, what else you did because that's all I was even, uh, exposed to. So, yeah, different, different times. Very cool. So, Jim, before we wrap it up, I uh, wanted to give you one last opportunity because my grandfather, he's, he's going to listen to my project at the end. So I wanted to give you one op- last opportunity to kind of just express what the Montebello Stars and um, my, my grandpa Mondo were like, was able, what, meant, what they meant to you and what you got, what, you know. Just, Absolutely. Go ahead. No, I, I, was, raised by, I was raised by a very, uh, very loving mother and father. I wasn't looking for a role model. I was looking for a father. When I met Mondo Perez, I, I received not only a mentor, a coach, uh, a teacher, a, a very beautiful role model. Um, I, I'm not sure that Mondo understands the impact that he's had, not only on my life, but on many people that played for the Montreal Stars. Like I said, uh, we greet each other with, with his idioms, hey, hey, vicious, hey, pretty, all the time. And, uh, you know, the fact that he, he took the time even – away from the Montebello stars, but individually to work with me. I would, I would literally call him up Ben and say, hey, Mondo, you know, something's wrong with my swing. So he'd take me over to uh, Grant Ray Park and we'd uh, take some batting practice maybe a couple of days. He goes, it's not your swing, it's your head. You got to get in the right, you know, the right frame of mind. And sure enough, you know, all of a sudden the performance uh, changes. That's just an example of Mondo has always been there for me in my life. Yeah. I, you know, as a friend, as a, a mentor, as a teacher, as a counselor, I've used him uh, as references on numerous job applications growing up. Uh, my relationship with Mondo, I wouldn't trade with with anybody else in my life. It's been a very, very positive, maybe even one-sided, too one-sided. I've, you know, I've gotten much more from him than he's gotten from me. But uh, you know, I love I love Mondo. I, I want to thank him for all he did for me. I, I want to thank your family. For letting us borrow Mondo for all those days and <laughs> yeah, hours. Okay. You know, your grandmother Dolores is an angel. Your your uncle and your aunts are uh, to me, uh, Michael and um, your your aunts are beautiful people. Just um, and again, like I said, one of my favorite movies is, is A Wonderful Life. If you, if you know anything about it, it's about a gentleman who doesn't understand and who touched so many people's lives. Uh, George Bailey. 
mm-hmm. had a savings and loan and um, had some issues at the end. Well, the way I look at it, Mondo was our George Bailey. He, he affected mm-hmm. all our lives. And although he didn't have a savings loan, he had the Montebell Stars and, and let us participate in that, let us grow with it, let us be part of it. And for that, you know, I, I can never thank him enough. It's, it's been a tremendous impact on my life. And, it, you know, it's trickled down to, to the lives of my children and hopefully they'll be passing on these same uh, little idioms and, and attitudes and, and values that we learned, you know, our education through baseball and through Mondo. Definitely. That's awesome. Hey, thanks so much, Jim. I really appreciate it. That was awesome. Okay, that's the end of our interview with Jim Montez. Thanks again for joining me. Our next interview is a really fun one. Hope you guys really enjoy listening. Our next guest, Louis Kitioka. All right, welcome to the podcast. Uh, an old friend of my family's and my grandfather. Uh, I'm really excited to get his perspective. One of the old, the old uh, OGs of the Montebello Stars. Um, looking to, looking forward to discussing some of the old stories um, about the organization and my grandfather and uh, his interesting perspective on the podcast. But um, his name is Louis Kitoka. Is that, is that Louis? Is that correct? Is that, so that's I'm pronouncing it correctly. We, we were just discussing it. That's right, correct? Yes, sir. That that, that is <laughs> that, that that is fine. Yes. Kita Kita Oka. Kita Oka. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that, but Louis, I really appreciate you taking the time to to uh, you know discuss what we're what we're playing on talking about, and you know really from my understanding, what my father and my grandfather were sharing with me um, prior to our phone call here. Um, they were kind of just sharing that you were someone that I needed to speak with regarding this topic because of your unique perspective and your interesting perspective on this subject, the Montebello stars and my grandfather, Armando Perez. And um, really looking forward to just kind of picking your brain about what this whole experience was um, from your perspective and what you got out of it. And um, really just, uh, you know, for me, I, I played with the Montebello Stars, but, you know, my father was the main one that was coaching him. My, my grandpa came out and coached here and there, but most of my experiences with my grandfather were, you know, personable, like as from a grandfather to a grandson and, you know, all the similar stuff where we baseball was always heavily involved. We worked out all the time and whatnot, but um, I am really interested in talking about with you. What was what were the origins of, of you know you going to the stars? Were you how early on were you with them? Were you there from the start, or you know what was the let, kind let of me, the inauguration process for you? Well, let, let me let me share with you my 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 situation was a very unique situation. I wasn't recruited by by Mr. Perez. I wasn't I wasn't uh, uh, I I knew nothing about the Montebello Stars, and the Montebello Stars knew nothing about me when the day that this 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 happened. There was a situation. I grew up in East Los Angeles, off of Indiana, and Whittier Boulevard. And the Montebello Stars were were the headquarters was the Montebello City Park, which was, which was quite a quite a distance. We had an organization, or there was an organization called the Three Twenty Five Sports Club, that was run out of Laguna Park, which is now Ruben Salazar Park. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of quality players that were that were from that that 325 foundation. So the thing about recognizing a, a, a baseball organization or just an organization in itself, 
was already acquired and was already there. That was a 325. But to blossom to 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 a higher level at well at the time, this is what I'm what I'm sharing with you is hindsight. You know, at at the time that all this was happening, it would not be in the vocabulary that I'm using or the way that I'm using the situation. <laughs> this interpretation of what the Montebello Star Organization is is about life, is about how how Mondo Perez brought this to life, and I don't mean it. I don't mean it as as bring it to life, bringing it bringing it to our lives, bringing it to the lives yeah. of the people. That were involved in this situation. Yeah. Uh, um, Mondo Perez was never my coach. Was never a coach of any of the teams. We had Mondo Ferrius. We had John Gonzalez. But yes. but but Mondo Perez was the was was the driving force of of uh, of, uh, of the of the concept that that I that I was exposed to at USC. And it was it was one of the one of the classes uh, in public administration, and 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 it and it coincided with just to see what my experiences were in life, what Mondo did because the key to a successful manager, and that's what Mondo was. Mondo was a manager of a five teams: a Sandy Koufax, a Mickey Mantle, a County Mac, an American Legion, and yet the the team called his family. His personal family, your father, your uncles, your aunts, your grandmother, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was the ultimate team that took this organization that made it fly. And and, and again, I'm with you on the hindsight concept of what my life is about, how my implementa- implementations, you know, due to the Montebello Star Organization, due to what Mondo Perez was about. That man, he he... He, he well, going back, I was told in one of the exams in, in my in my uh, public administration 400 class was that the key to the key to management or the key to a successful manager is surround yourself with the best people and then get out of the way. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but that 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 implementation takes 15 years to surround yourself with the with the best people it's gonna tell us how long it's gonna take you to do it and then the other 15 years is gonna be getting out of the way because once you got so many hands on as far as finding the right people and then when you do finally find the right people then getting out of the way is something else and that's your career 30 years but what mondo did mondo did this all within every year he surrounded himself with the best people from from the from the parents, my father, Ted Barella's father, Tiger's father, uh, Luis Sanchez's father, Larry Palufo's father, you know, father and mother, Sergio Martinez, Bobby Perez, all these names that I'm presenting to you, those are the parents that were there every day supporting us and to supporting what Mondo was teaching. It was a family. The, the the family concept and that's how come I say how important it was about your grandmother, about your aunts, about your uncle, and your dad. And not your uncle, your dad. Yeah. You know that 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 whole concept that was carried on to the Montebello City Park facility. Yeah. You know to come in to come in and share that. I'm going to share this with you. This is something certainly. There there was there was a a, a father and a son. 
his name was Gilmarin. And and it was Gilmarin Senior and Gilmarin Junior. They had they they had this 1972 Ford van, and Gilmarin used to be a coach at Laguna Park with all of us. And we knew who Gilmarin was. Gilmarin was the was the father coach, the 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 great man. You know that he was. He he schooled and and flag football. You know, from elementary, he took us. He would take us to Obergon Park. Everybody get in the van and. All this, you know, I ended up, I'm, I'm, my, my affiliations with my neighborhood, you know, makes me a gang member. And, and, and that's what I was. It wasn't so much, but we were, we were gang members because we were part of a group. Yeah. And, but we all played ball together. It, it was about, it was about competing with sports, competing with that. Yeah. Guns came out. Yeah. Drugs came out. Yeah. That whole, that whole identity situation. Yeah. 1974, 73, somewhere in that area, 13, 14 years old, we were in a stolen car. Okay. Coming up Rowan street. At the stars were in the cop. What you and the, and the, and some of your teammates or or who who are you? Uh, no, my homeboys, my homeboys. Gotcha. Okay, totally totally away from totally away from the whole baseball thing. Yeah, this this, this it's gonna make sense to you right now. No, go okay? ahead. Okay, we 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 were in a stolen car. Okay, and the cops got behind us. Okay, mm-hmm. cops were were were. were chasing it coming up, coming, coming north. And, and during this time, we just had the East Alley riots, the, the 1969 yes. and 70. East Alley riots at Laguna Park that changed it to Ruben Salazar Park was going on. We, we were dealing with martial law. You know, we were dealing with... Rough times. <laughs> it took some serious, but, but yet we're 13 yeah. years old, not knowing, just, just running through the streets, you know, just, yeah. just, just doing our thing, you know. And, and... um. So we, we we scattered from the car, the stolen car. We all went in different directions. So here I'm running up Rowan, and I'm and I'm coming down Fifth Street, run, running, because the cops don't know who to chase who, and we're running. Okay, I had my 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 gang gear, my khakis, and my Pendleton, and my whole the whole look. Yeah, and as as I'm as I'm running. Gilmarine and Gilmarine Senior are driving up Rowan, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm running, and I'm going, Gilbert, Gil, Gil. And he looks at me. They they know I'm up to up to no good. Louis, what's going on? I says, can I can I go with you guys? I go, where are you guys going? And they open the sliding door, and I just dive into the van. <laughs> not knowing where they're going, not knowing. I dive into the van. Yeah. Okay. They shut the van door and they continue up rowing. I said, where are you guys going? Well, we're, you know, while we're driving, I said, no, I'll go with you guys. I'll go with you guys. Where are you going? Well, good, Louis, because Gil is going to need a catcher because we're going to Montebello City Park and Gil Jr. is going to try out for the Montebello Stars. <laughs> and I awesome. said, what? What's, that? What's all that about? <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, was, that was that was when you uh when you first got introduced to the to the stars to the stars that's yeah awesome. when I first heard <laughs> when I first heard Montebello star you know what what is this what and then it's just that you know what you go with us and you could warm up because I I used to catch Gil at Laguna Park yeah 
Okay, you could warm up Gil, you know, so that way he can. What, so so when when it's his turn to try out, I yeah, say, yeah, awesome. that that that'll be cool, no problem. <laughs> so we that's went, so and, cool. and, and and you know, and and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a you know off the top I'm gonna get a free burger out of it. I'm gonna get free burger and fries out of this, you know. <laughs> All right, that's so awesome. Okay? That's fun. All right, so man. so I get how that so go? We get to City Park. Huh? Okay, how'd me, that go? Yeah, okay, go so ahead. we get to. So we, we get to City Park. I never even knew City Park existed. Like, you know, okay? Yeah. We get to Montebello City Park. And I'm and I'm like, wow, wow, you know, we get off and I have my tennis and my khakis on, you know, I don't want to let them get wrinkled and and so I but I put shin guards on. So I, I, I cuff my pants over and I put the shin guards on and I start warming up Gil. And and I'm doing my thing. I'm you know catching them, boom, you know, to say, this is, this is fun to me. This is, you know, okay. Yeah. And, you know, let me tell you something about the gang situation. I don't care what we were doing in the gang situation. When they came down to baseball practice time, I stopped everything that I was doing. And it went to be, never miss baseball practice, yeah. never miss baseball practice and never miss class. Okay. That's because that was, that, that says a lot, you know, that's awesome. You know, that that yeah, fucking uh, excuse my language. I'm a no, fucking Trojan. You know, you know yeah. what I mean. I'm, I'm a fucking USC Trojan. You're damn right. That fucking says a lot. I'm not saying that USC is the best for everybody. It's not. It just happens to be the best for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, uh, a man by the name of Art Velarde. Yeah, I know Art very well. You know, is the one that that doctrine called it, the one that that pushed the issue, the one that that took me under his wing, literally took me under his wing, you know, and just really, really controlled it and just really harnessed and taught me how to fly, taught me literally taught me how to fly, you know, so how may have flown. Okay, so yeah. let me let me finish then. Okay, let me I, like I said, I'm gonna sidetrack off a lot of shit, but you know, <laughs> no, go just, ahead. no problem. So I start warming I start warming them up. Okay. Yeah. And Gil Gil and I Gil Gilbert Marine was about already six one, six feet. He is a big dude. You know? Mm-hmm. So he was pitching, he's good, a lot of strength, a lot of velocity, a lot of everything for the age that we were. So he made the team. And then, so as I was catching, Gil Marin Sr. tells Mondo Perez, hey, uh, won't you let, let, let Louis try it, okay? You know, so, and then, and then Mondo Perez, well, we have a catcher, and that was, you know who Bobby Perez is, right? Yeah. Okay, he's a, he's a minister now, you know. He was like, sure. He was a catcher from the year before, and they was like, "Well, we already have a catcher, Bobby Perez." And I'm thinking, "Well, this guy's name's Bobby Perez. The head guy's name Mondo Perez. That's probably you know his son or something." And I found out it wasn't. But they said, "Yeah, we'll just let let Louis try an inning, and just just put him in there for an inning." You know, Bobby go to first base, or Bobby just take a break. Okay. Mm-hmm. I went in there. Never came out. Never. <laughs> you know. Okay, yeah. Bobby Perez was put in right field, and a lot of changes were made at that particular time. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, John Gonzalez was our coach for the for that Mickey Mantle team. Yeah. Okay, and um, I, I took a foul tip. I, I, I had this rosary. I had this cross. 
and, and and I'll show you when we talk again. I I always carry a cross. I always wear a a medallion with a cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I got a foul tip. Okay, a foul tip to the neck. Those don't and it good. busted my chain. Okay. <laughs> you know, and then it, it you know I, I got hit. It, you see, that fucking wasn't going to stop me. <laughs> I continued to catch. I continued, you know, to do what I was doing. Yeah. And I looked around for the medallion because the medallion broke and found the dirt and right, you know, right by and, uh, the batter's box. We couldn't find it. Like, man, you know. So, I, but I continued to catch. We continue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at the banquet, at, at the banquet, we were 32 and two. We came back from, from Sherman, Texas and the whole, you know, the whole, we was, it was at the banquet mm-hmm. and they presented me with a sportsman award. I, I didn't, I didn't get, the, I didn't get the perpetual. I wanted the perpetual so fucking bad because <laughs> the perpetual was, was, uh, was, uh, was, the, uh, it was like the Heisman, you know? Yeah. I didn't get the, you know, but, but I got recognized. I got recognized. And the way I got recognized was John Gonzalez, the coach. He, 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 uh, it's John Gonzalez. I, I know, it's, I, I hope I got his name right because then that yeah. would be something. But Mondo, Mondo was the one, oh, yeah, we'd be in the dugout and my, yeah, your grandfather would, would always walk to the dugout, you know, hey, you guys all right? And he would always come to me and tell me, you all right, Louis? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. You know, and and um, I started. I, I, I that that was my that was my 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 thing. I was this this bad attitude. You know, the 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 what do they call that? Um, you mean just like the word the word the word on me? Indisciplined or almost, doubt? or or you know, kind you of what? like undisciplined or ruthless or. No, I, I, was, I was disciplined. Oh boy, I I, I was disciplined. The discipline gotcha. was not an issue with me. I, I was yes sir, no sir. Yeah. I was not. I was not disrespectful to my elders because my father was right there. Yeah. And it wasn't because my father was right there, but that was those were the values that my father instilled in me. Yeah. Um, I you know whatever the situation may be, you don't disrespect your elders. Totally. You don't disrespect your family you don't disrespect yourself mm-hmm. you know that was a whole gang situation why my gang situation was a little different because i'm not a follower i'm a leader yeah and i was a catcher that used to carry over because in that yeah, totally. again what, I, what i'm sharing with you is hindsight at the time that i was growing up i didn't know all this at the particular time that I was growing up, I could tell you one thing that I knew then. I wasn't going to take no shit from nobody. You know what I mean? I don't give a fuck who you were. But if it came down to the, my adults and my dad, because of, because of the values that, that my mother and father had instilled in me, I was able to recognize. Because even as an adult, if you disrespect me, I'm going to disrespect the fuck out of you back. Well, and a lot that of that... A lot of that mindset is, you know, catchers, the position of catcher in baseball 
for some, for whatever reason, you know, my grandfather loved catchers and I was a catcher when I played. Uh, and a lot of his, his favorite players when he was coaching and when he was involved with the stars were, you know, he, he loved the catchers and it really takes a specific personality for uh, a person to embrace that position because you'll throw, you'll throw some Joe Schmo back there. He's not truly a catcher. He's like, you know, he's bailing on balls in the dirt or he's not a true leader and it reflects on the team. And, you know, the catcher with that, you know, that no nonsense attitude, you know, always being, you know, serious and, and on and, every, and, you know, just being a leader that that takes that, you know, it takes a specific personality to be able to do it. And I think the best position for someone like that is definitely the catching position. You're 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 exactly you're 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 right on it, Ben. You're, you know, because that's what Mondo continued to come to me and ask me, how you doing? You all right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then he, his word to me was always vicious, vicious, <laughs> stay vicious, you know, behind the plate. What did vicious, vicious mean because, to you when you when he was said when he when he first started saying that to you? Like, did you catch on what he meant by that? Or what did it mean to you? Well, the way the way I interpreted vicious coming to me was stay on top of it. Stay on top of it, Louis. Stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay on top of it. That that that's what what I how I took vicious, you know, yeah. stay vicious on top of it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, it was you know how do you know because the dynamics, the dynamics behind that team were I wasn't I wasn't the only uh, uh, street person on that team. There yeah. was, I was have to. Yeah, you were telling me that. About, there was about five or six of us that that you know. How did that work? What was the culture? What was the culture of the team like? Because you guys had a hodgepodge of just guys all over the place, you know. And you mentioned guys that wouldn't really be hanging out with each other off the field. Like, how did that culture mesh? Like, what what was that like? It it turned in it it turned because we were young enough, and because we had strong leadership, you know, again with your grandfather, you know, to not it wasn't a, it was it was fuck you with a base hit. It was fuck you, fuck you back with a double. Yeah. Fuck you too, another fucking base hit. You know? Or else trying to one up each other and first, look, looking at looking at the batter, looking at the batter, what the fuck? I said, come on, you know? Yeah. The fuck. You know what I mean? Just that whole just like that, demanding that success whole, and and hard work. Yeah, you know, like, like like challenging each other with with baseball, challenging each other with life. Mondo let, let him let the kids play. Let the kids play. Let them do. You know, don't get me wrong. We we weren't on the baseline. Fuck you. No, we weren't like that at all. <laughs> yeah. And we weren't in. We had some couple of scuffles in the dugout. You know, because somebody didn't hit it to the right side, where somebody got picked off. Yeah. Or somebody, you dude, you weren't supposed to fucking go. You know. You know what I mean? You you yeah. you should have took should have tried to steal second. The fuck, man! You know, once we were able to 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 identify, you know, identify with ourselves, you know, where we were at, where where the you got a gauge the, of where, how good where, your team was, and and that's the kind yeah, of yeah yeah how 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 uh, uh, how excited we were. We were playing we were playing uh, uh, two days out of Tuesdays and Thursdays. And sometimes Wednesdays and, and, and Saturdays and Sundays, you know, it, it was, we, yeah. we were, we never practiced. We, we never did. We never, we never had a practice, you know, 
Well, you know did that? you ever did you ever get a chance to like, do the workouts with my grandpa? Because I know he was he was famous for those. I mean, I did enough of of those type, like workouts on his on the sides with my grandfather, like throwing BP and you know uh, taking ground balls and doing finger pushups. Did you ever do those with him? No, no, it wasn't. Uh, no, I I don't remember. We we at at that particular time we we had a we had a a kicking ass county Mac team. Yeah. Okay. We we were we were uh the Mickey Mantle team, we we're talking shit to the county man. Yeah, fuck you guys. You know, the, the older guys, you know. Yeah. You know, uh we'll, we'll we'll beat you guys, okay? Mm-hmm. So what they so we had a intramural game against the county mat. Mm-hmm. We 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 pitched they got our pitcher and pitched to us. Okay. They got their pitcher to pitch to them. You know, a, a catcher by the name of Hector Signs. Yes, bad motherfucker. Yeah, my grandpa's talking okay. about him. Okay, the, another another guy by the name of Chikini, another catcher. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Jim Gott, Pittsburgh Pirate. Uh, but let me tell you one thing: Jim Gott, a Pittsburgh Pirate, San Marino High School, Chikini, USC dentist. You know. Uh, uh, Mondo, Mondo, I can't think of Mondo's last name, shortstop SC. Um, um, yeah, there was, I mean, the talent that rolled through the organization. I mean, yeah, I know my grandfather okay, talks but, about Jim Gott reaching, you know, he was a great player in Jakini. But, okay, but there was, there was this one guy, okay. He just, he just passed away a couple months ago. Okay. His name was Tiger Ray Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. That dude won the high. I mean, he won the perpetual mm-hmm. with all those guys. You know, he was, he was a center fielder out of out of Roosevelt High School. Okay, from 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 home to first, he do it like in um three nine four <laughs> four zero. Oh. Yeah, um, and it's the, like what and you see the in dude, the big leagues. Yeah, and the dude was at the time he was doing that, he probably was weighing about I'd say one eighty, five ten. A oh, good, so he was good he size. wasn't small. No, a good size linebacker, good a good you know, high school a high school fullback, high school tailback. You know, uh and that that was my buddy. That that him and I we were his his name was Ray Rodriguez Tiger. And if Louis was there, Tiger was there. Tiger wasn't there. Louis was there. That that whole he ended up going to Roosevelt. I ended up going to Garfield. Yeah. But yet, after the Garfield Rosa game, that we would play against each other because during during the Garfield Rosa game, it was again fuck you, fuck you too, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. But after after the game, we hook up and go party. After you know whatever the situation may be, that was you know. So I. I I lost a good one. You know, he was very, very, you know, we ended up branching off because when I went to USC later in my life, 1988, when I graduated in 78, you know, um, just had to take care of some personal street things <laughs> in between 78 and 88. Yeah. But, um, you know, so that whole, but, you know, back, back to the, back to the baseball thing about, no, I don't remember having any workouts with, uh, with Mondo, you know, 
and probably it didn't stand out as much as it was the the personal contact, uh, the personal uh, thing I had yeah. with Mondo. I, I kind of felt Mondo made me feel as he made everybody feel special. Yeah. You know, everybody, you. everybody that, you know, was involved with him um, and, and got close to him and the, and the family really, he took, he treated everybody like family. It was, is yes, he, he yes, treated he everybody, you know, with respect and he wanted to get the most out of everybody that he came into contact with. And I think that's the reverberating theme that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sensing during these conversations that I'm having with people. And, you know, I, I feel that myself, obviously being his grandson, but you know, it's, it's nice to hear, you know, what he meant to other people and how he, how well he treated people that, you know, were in his blood, but, you know, were treated like his family in his own. Well, the one, one of the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump. Okay. I'm going to jump, but Go ahead. you know, uh, he chart, you know, you know that he chartered uh, the city of Montebello, uh, uh, a 747 plane. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, just, or, or the city of Montebello did it with just all Montebello people flying to Mexico City. You took What'd you guys do there? Huh? What'd you do in Mexico City? Played ball. We played baseball. Who are you we guys played, playing down there? We're playing the Mexico, the, 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 the Diablos of Mexico City. And you never oh, seen cool. that picture that he has? I, I might have. Yeah, that's really cool. But yeah. It's called he his the way he got that funded. Okay, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to call it. I'm no, not, his fundraising his, his fundraising methods were uh, f- famous. Like he, he's, you know, goodbye. Go ahead. You know, yeah, he was a big fundraiser. His slogan. His slogan. You ready? Yeah. Education through baseball. Yeah, that's the reverberating. He you know. took a okay. Check this out. When we got to Mexico City. We stood at the Colegio Militario, mm-hmm. okay? That's where the, the history of Mexico, where the, where the Niños Heroes during the independence jumped off. It was a, it's a military academy. Wow. And we, he put 60, 60 ballplayers in this military academy. And he slept there with us. He slept in the, in the bunks. We had the closet. Yeah. We had a guy named Rich Richie. That we recruited for this trip, there was it, it was it was it was something else. It was an experience and a half. You know, awesome. we we played we played uh, against the team that the president of the United States of the president of Mexico, Lopez Portillo's brother, used to used to coach. So that was oh, cool. those were the ties that we were about going to going to a. Uh, uh, um, Going to town, you know, we, 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 um, you know, and, and, but he also took my father. He paid, he paid for my father. That's awesome. He paid for me. When we would go play, we would go play in tournaments in, in Las Vegas, you know, my father would drive us over there. We played in, well, with this, this 32 and two team, we were kicking ass in did you, Vegas. Did you know anybody else besides, like, not on the Montebello Stars that was doing that, like traveling? You know, I didn't even know you guys went down to Mexico and then you know Vegas. Okay, that's okay. that's no. not a short that, trip. That, that's that's the other thing too about your grandfather. Okay, when I talk about hindsight, okay, your father 
is the trailblazer, the pioneer, okay, of what they call the traveling team now. That's what he did. Yeah. He he got he got just as the traveling teams do, they 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 were able to go recruit from five different high schools. And the five different high schools was Garfield, Roosevelt, Montebello, Sure High School, and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. You know, those 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 were our teams. You know, that 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 was you know, that, that whole thing about and, and and we traveled. We traveled to Vegas. We kicked ass. We we played a double header in Vegas, swept both games with 111 degrees. <laughs> that's that's brutal. Isn't it? You know, but then again, too, that's when you understand that Vegas is a different type of heat than, oh, than yeah. it is here. Yeah. And you, you know who you know who caught the double header? I'm guessing you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Both fucking games. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, um that 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 was what he calls vicious. Yeah, totally. Did so the uh I know that when I played a big part of um the people that we b- would bring in, we wanted to make it so and, and this goes back to my grandfather setting, you know, this example back then was uh when I played we never wanted money to be an issue or like a, a reason why somebody couldn't play with us. We just wanted the best people and the best players, you know, and if, if money was ever a problem with a player or, or his family, then we would, you know, there was always opportunities to like fundraise or just kind of give a scholarship or help out in other ways. And was that like, was money ever like even like a question for the Montebello stars? Were you ever involved in the fundraising processes of those? No, things or- no. I, I I don't I don't ever remember being asked to go uh to go sit and sell pies. I was never I don't remember being <laughs> asked to go to go wash some cars. I don't remember I, yeah. I don't remember, you know, being asked. Maybe I did do it. I was a little kid. I was fucking only twelve, thirteen, fourteen years old, you know? Yeah. You know, maybe I did do it, you know, you know, but uh, I don't I don't remember. And then one of the things, too, was I don't think I remember. I remember this. I remember saying to Mondo, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it on these trips because financially my father wasn't working, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and my mom and dad were going to be like, <laughs> you can't, you, that, I'm, you know, they wouldn't because let me let me tell you. Let me tell you my my situation, okay? Let me let me give you of, of what my what what my um, perspective perspective was from the coaches. You ready? Yes. When we landed in Sherman, Texas, okay, we we flew into I think it was uh, Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, we flew into Dallas. Okay, and from Dallas, we 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 rode a bus. I think uh, they got in the bus for three hours, and went to Sherman, Texas, the Panhandle, eight eight miles away from Oklahoma. Okay, mm-hmm. they this is where we lost a double elimination. This is where we played against Cal Rifkin. Okay, and, and uh, when when the and 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 you look back at the hindsight, they knew we were good, and and I think that's why they sent they sent the Montebello Stars to a to a resort with horseback riding, with hiking, with all these, all these other things. All right. Versus 
going into the hotels like the other teams did. In other words, a lot of the distractions. Okay. So the, the thing is we get there on a Tuesday. Our first game isn't till Friday. Okay. Well, when we're, when we're at the, at the headquarters uh, where, where, where all the teams are landing, the orientation, the whole thing, they send Montebello to the resort. Went to Mexican kids to the resort out of Los Angeles. You know, <laughs> we're coming in here. You know, we're, we're, we're 32 and 0. Okay. All right. So the whole situation. So I, I, I pick up my bags. Hey, all right. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know what they did? What's up? Okay. You know mm-hmm. what they did? <sighs> Louie. You're going with the coaches. They <laughs> separated me. They separated me from the whole team. You Why know that? that? You know Why was that? Because I was uncontrollable. <laughs> because I because of of the coaches didn't want, you know, they just couldn't want the trouble. The only, <laughs> the only one that could deal with me, the only one that could deal with me was my father. Yeah. So that gives you an idea of where where their head was at with me and where my head was at, That's you know, as far as the the, the leader, the, the 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 fucking you know, <laughs> the fucking attitude, the 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 you know the 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 <laughs> you ready? The baddest motherfucker out there, damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's funny. Luke. They, you know, I, and, and I stood with the coaches. I stood yeah. with the they, they They put me with the coaches. So the coaches went to these this uh, hotel. Okay. And the whole team went, uh, I think, 40-something miles away from the tournament, came back in the bus. We lost the games because we weren't focused. We weren't. We were tired. They were tired. The team was tired. You know, they were they were up all fucking night. You know, they're thirteen and fourteen year old kids. What the fuck are we gonna do? You know what I mean? What are they gonna do? Yeah. And thinking that I was gonna be the culprit of the situation. That's cool. That's cool. Though. I me? mean, that, yeah. that whole trip. That whole trip. I mean, you know, the re- you remember the result, but you know, the experience is what you know. Oh yeah, the experience. The- we 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 were. We were in Sherman, Texas, in the Little League World Series, man. You know, yeah. fuck it if we at that time we didn't want it. We wanted to win the thing. We could have won the thing if we would have been treated, you know, uh, racially right. You know, yeah. but I, I think I think they took races, you know, to 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 a different extent, which is yeah, that's uh, how they yeah. did it. It's crazy. Louis, you get me? Yeah, I, I, I completely, I, I get you there. I mean, it's, it's just different times, you know. It's. I, I, oh no, no, big time different times. You know, the distractions. They, they, they. You know, they. Because I look back at it, we were good. We were fucking bad. We were a good fucking team. You know, to, to, to go up there. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and and. But then from there we 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 went to go play County Mac, and then when we we're in the County Mac, is when we, when Manda Perez took us. You know. To, to Mexico City. And then when we were coming back on the plane, I remember Mondo talking about Japan, you know? That would have been neat. And then going you know, to Japan. What? That would have been cool. To go to Japan. You get me? See, but this is 1975. This is 1975. It's, like, it's a pioneer concept. You know, all that traveling. Exactly. You know, Mondo's thinking that. about things that, that are, that are full, you know, and then, and then about, about, about the Dominican Republic. Yeah, that's awesome. 
He had visions and, and there was nobody that was, you know, had the aspirations that he, that, you know, and the visions that he had for, he wanted to, you know, yeah, and, his and, ball players and, the biggest, the best experiences possible and play with against the best players. Yeah, possible. And, and we, and we tackle because the whole situation, the whole situation now, Ben, is is when I'm in a because I ended up being a counselor at a Nickerson Gardens. I ended up doing, you know, it, it's like my my mindset, you know, uh, um, were 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 life, you know, uh, bringing life to its fullest is is I reflect back in situations of how I handled them in baseball. Yeah, it's fucking you know, ninth inning, you know, it's seventh inning. We're we're down two to one. What are we gonna do? You know? Yeah. Uh, we're gonna pitch this dude inside, outside. You know what? What? You know how how we were, how I was able to solve situations, and that my and I remember Mondo Perez saying, "We we we don't got problems here. We have situations." Yeah, that sounds like exactly. Yeah, like you know? I know that. I know that one. I know that saying. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and and if you look if you break down that con that that concept, what is a problem? A problem is a situation. Yeah. Louis, let you me ask you. Something? Yeah. Louis, I wanted to ask you about this um this story that you were you mentioned to me previously and uh, I've heard from other people as well. Tell me about when you spoke to the city council about the Montebello Stars. So what was like what was that? situation like what 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 why were you well, there and what was the like the purpose of the whole thing well the 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 the, the purpose of the whole thing was that we had some spe- because because of the thrust of the Montebello Star organization because of the traveling to Mexico City because of the success mm-hmm. of, of the dynamics of the Montebello Star organization you know, was was we 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 had crowds out there. We and somebody somebody had complained because their kid didn't make the team or their kid didn't play, and it was they were they were basing it on the must play because the situation was either either we win, either we come out here to win, or or we come out here to let everybody play. You know. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and and if you get players that are really play that are real, play, they'll understand, you know, what their role is. And like, and like everybody understood what their role was. You know, there was, you know, you, you knew that you were a backup because the dude in front of you was was something else. Well, it motivates you, know, you to work harder. No, but what was the uh? What, what was this? The, what did you say to the, uh, okay. the council? What, what were you speaking? About? Well, that that was the whole thing. We, you know, Mondo had asked me if if I would like to speak to the city council. You know, it's because he shared, Mondo was telling me that they're trying to they're trying to ban people from the outside cities where you had to live in Montebello to play for the Montebello Stars. Yeah. And Mondo was totally against that, and he, and he was sharing with them why why you know. That went the, the that went against the whole philosophy of the diversity of the yeah, team. Yeah, you know about what you know the diversity exactly the, the the traveling team vision that he had. What 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 I said what I came across and I said was I said wouldn't you rather have us 
come over here stealing second versus stealing your cars? <laughs> yes. You know, because we're going to come anyway. There's nothing that you're going to hold us back. We're going to come anyway. But don't you, wouldn't you rather us be coming in, in you know, and it was, you know, it was, it was that, that, that was my opening line, you know, that, 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 um, That's what awesome. they call the, your, your, the, the touching uh, getter. <laughs> yeah. You know, boom, you know, and, and, and it was, you know, my, my parents, because the, the, it, we also, I also brought in the fact of, you know, when, when we go to Montebello, you know, we're, we're going to spend my, my, my family spends money here. Yeah. You know, when, when we come you know what I mean? Yeah, so the stars were, really... were a benefit to the city, you know, and the way exactly. that they operated, they benefited. Exactly. Louis, before we, we wrap up, I wanted to ask you one, one more question because uh, my grandfather, he's going to listen to the podcast and this, this project at the end of it and ah. wanted to just give you an opportunity as I've, I've given um, everybody on this project an opportunity to just kind of say, one last thing about what the Montebello stars and, and what my grandfather meant to you and what, what, you know, when you think about the Montebello stars and your time with spent with, with the team and my grandfather, what, what is, what do you think about? What, is, what does it mean to you? Uh, if, if, if I would have to narrow it down to one meaning and breaking that down to two words, you know what it would have to be. Give it to me. What I, what I would have tell Mondo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mondo. Thank, thank you, Mondo. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, 100%. I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, he means uh, uh, it's, it's a lot, you know. No, it is a lot, but that's, you know, what, 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 what I, you know, it's he he um he he uncovered uh, uh a, a a new life for me you know he 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 um he believed in me he uh he trusted me he uh the, the 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 big you know the 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 he he, he gave us he, not not only me but the whole team he gave us all self worth he gave us yeah. all self esteem he made us feel good about what it is that we were about yeah he made us feel good about ourselves he 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 showed us he didn't he showed us a way. Totally, totally. And everybody, everybody in that team, everybody in that organization, can, can sit in a circle and, and and still talk about the same thing. Ted Barallo. There's something to be said about that. Business. You know, huh? there's something to be said about that because everybody you talk to about the Montebello Stars and about you know the whole culture surrounding the organization and my grandfather. It's just nobody has something different to say. It's all you know. It's just they really appreciated that experience and the time that was spent with with you know with those two with the organization and and my grandfather and he showed us he showed us that nothing was for free and that competition was healthy 
She showed us how to compete <laughs> within within our own oh, yeah. within our own needs. Yeah. You know, she when I us- when I played, I I was very intense. Like I was very uh serious and I would get very uh upset if I, you know, struck out and I or I failed at something, but you know, something that reverberated with me was when one my grandfather my grandfather would always say, you know, if something was failing, you know, put, you got to put in the hard work and the and the effort to, you know, get better every day. But also, too, like it's not just a game. Like my grand, my my parents used to be like, my mom used to tell me it's just a game. But you know, my grandfather understood that it's not just a game because, you know, it's it's important to, you know, compete and to 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 care about something and to you know give your best and be vicious at it. You know, so yeah. He he gave us, like I said, he gave us self worth, man. He gave us uh, self esteem. He he gave us, you know, he 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 made us understand that, you know, uh, it wasn't about the score of the game. It was about the effort of the task. You know, it was. You know, it was, and again, I'm using words that 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 are hindsight. I'm using terminology that 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 is that is after the fact. But I'm just reanalyzing those situations totally. and trying to put trying to put. Uh, if if I was that, you've heard the expression about if I was to know then what I know now. You know where I'd be. Because of Mondo, you know where I'd be? Tell me. I'd be in the, I'd be in the fucking Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. But then again, too, it's not about, it's not about, Canton, Ohio is not the only place where Halls of Fame exist. Mm-hmm. Okay? Halls of Fame exist in our souls. We walk through these every day. Yeah. And the whole part about is who was leading us to open the door to these halls are people like Mondo Perez. There are there are other people yeah. in this world and in my life that has affected me, but no one did no one opened the door like your grandfather did. And not only for me, not only for me, yeah. For a lot of for a lot of men today because not all males grow up to be men. Yeah. That's well said. You know what I mean? And this is and this is and this is the situation what Mondo Mondo opened up a lot of doors, unlocked a lot of doors and showed us how to walk through them. Yes. Because he wasn't going to be able to be there. Because, like, when my father passed away, okay, it wasn't about that my father left us, left me with riches. You know what my father left me with? And this same example with Mondo? Because it wasn't about riches. It was about enrichment. Yes. And those were the things. And that is the main ingredient to where Mondo stands so tall because of the enrichment that that man is responsible for, not only in me, 
but in a whole lot of youth. And it's not only with Montebello stars, it's him as a man, because he's a person, a man, a male that cared about us. And that was another biggest thing that I probably left out. It was, he made us feel the self-esteem, the self-power. He made us feel worth us being the people that we were. Yeah. He cared about us. Yeah. He cared about us. Yeah. Definitely. You know? Yeah. I mean, Louis, I, I really appreciate it. You know, I, I can't agree more. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And I think that, you know, the themes you talk about and what it meant to you, you know, it reverberates amongst all of us. You know, it's a it's a club. You know, we're a part of, you know, this Montebello Stars Club and then the and it all kind of branches under, you know, the arms of my grandfather. And we all and, and, and I get I get a little cocky sometimes. Yeah. All right. But when they talk about the Montebello stars, they not only talk about Montebello stars, they talk about fucking Kirioka too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. No, and no. You know, yeah. th- thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me be part of honoring such a great man. Okay, mm-hmm. not 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 a coach, not a manager, not a Montebello star, not 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 any of those. Okay. Yeah, but thank you very much for for letting me be part of honoring a man. Yeah, then thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, and I'm glad that we were able to do this. And and there's 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 one other thing that I you know that I'm sure when Mondo listens to this, yes, or Mr. Perez listens to this, he's gonna have his his uh his uh, his better half alongside him. Yeah. Well, he's going to, you know, Dolores, you know, and and, and I want to say this to you too, Dolores. Thank you for taking care of this great man for us, you know, (laughs) thank you for establishing, you know, what, what, what there's, there, 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 there has to be some, some phenomena, phenomenality that took place every day behind Dolores yeah you know yeah she's she's the nicest she's the nicest woman i have ever met my grandmother so i just you know know, she's behind the scenes she doesn't like the acknowledgement all the time but you know she's there you know there's a lot a lot of credit to be given to her like you said behind behind every every successful man there's a great woman yeah and then, and and there there's the epitome of that of that combination because wh- whichever way you put Mr. Perez to be, you know, because every behind every great man there's just a successful woman, you know. Whichever way you want to parlay that, you know, Dolores and Mondo are 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 the dynamics behind that. And then one more one more thank you. All right, mm-hmm. what what are Kathy and Michelle? Hey, yes. Kathy and Michelle, thank you for all those hot dogs. They just fucking give me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they remember I, I, those. I, they remember those. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one thing. Kathy and Michelle, okay, they took care of me. You know, they, they yeah. made sure that I had sodas. They made sure I had uh, hot dogs. They made, And it wasn't here, Louis. No, no, no. It was when I would go there, they made sure, you know, because those young ladies took care of a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah, they, 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 Kathy and it was Michelle, a family they, business. They, it was a family, oh, it, it, and you know, and they were, they, they were, they were right there, you know. And I tell you one thing, you know, the, 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 the homeboy situation, the gang situation, 
nobody was going to fuck with those two girls. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? There was nobody that was going to, you know. That's funny. MC Hammer, MC Hammer, uh, 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 not even MC Hammer was able to touch that shit. Get it? Can't touch it. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's awesome, Louis. <laughs> all right. So, you know, that's awesome. hey, man, you know, one day, one day we can meet personally. And Definitely. when all this COVID situation comes down, I'll invite you and your dad over and your COVID. grandfather and, and we'll, we'll break some bread, man. Okay. Sounds great. I appreciate it, Louis. All right. All right. All right. And, all right and, take care. Man, wasn't that a cool interview with Louie? I really enjoyed that one. We're running on almost two hours now on this podcast, and you made it this far. And in the words of Forrest Gump, I thought, you know, I might as well just keep on going. So <laughs> let's wrap it up here with some audio from my grandpa Mondo, Armando Perez, the man of the hour on this podcast. This is going to be some of the audio from our first episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P. All right, kicking off this next segment, we're going to be asking my grandpa Mondo where he got the word vicious from, because... For me, he was Grandpa Vicious growing up. That was my grandfather, Grandpa Vicious. That's what I called him. And when he greets people, he, when he meets them for the first time, he'll shake their hand, pull them in close with like a, he had a vice grip of a handshake. And he would say, he would look them right in the eye and he'd say, are you vicious? And people get off put by that. You know, the word vicious is not necessarily a, a bright or a positive term in the dictionary, but to my grandpa, it had a much deeper meaning. And that's how we're going to kick off this next segment. Yeah, it, actually, it, it it evolved uh, when I was uh, starting to get to be a prospect, in the sense that uh, I guess uh, some scouts thought I had the talent to play professional baseball. But when I uh, when I finished and was coaching, I liked the idea of doing different things, uh, in the sense that uh, in baseball, many times the the young people would try to get a walk. And when I started, I wanted to employ the opportunity for people, the young people, to think about swinging so they don't think about how they're going to get on base by a walk. They're going to use that opportunity that uh, that we happen to start saying vicious. Get up there and show them the bat, and that's what you're going to swing at. And uh, and I that created... Uh, a real good setting with the uh, the young people that happened uh, in such a way that they begin to have success. They begin to hit the ball, yeah, and they didn't want to walk. And uh, we would kid around and use that word. When you get up at bat, you want to attack. You want to you want to be the best hitter possible. And it's so much, it wasn't so much that a lot of talk from me, a coach, because I know this or that. The idea was they establish uh, a type of attitude, success thinking by being able to do that. The coach is not going to get on me or whatever. And I think that has carried over uh, with the, uh, I guess it's a philosophy. It's just a perspective that the what you do, you try to do the very best that you can, and then their results will be that hopefully they will understand, be it very young or old, that people begin to understand that that baseball or many sports, they uh, it's a way to be aggressive, and uh, you're going to be able to learn and to compete. And the nice thing is that you're playing. You're not having someone dictate to you. 
It's just a matter of enjoying and understanding why that uh, that vicious. I, I right now I still enjoy it because I see some of the players that uh, were in our organization. They they call me hey, vicious. How's it going? Yeah, I think it's fun. It's fun to hear that. Why why did you want to start the Montebello Stars? You were coaching kids that weren't even your own. You were you were you yeah. you had a passion for teaching anybody the game of baseball. And I, I mean, it's it's pretty inspiring just to kind of think about that because who really wants to teach kids and coach kids that aren't their own? And I mean, definitely you had a passion for it. But do you know where? Do you remember where that kind of inspiration came from? Yeah, uh, it actually it was it was uh, an inspiration that when I I had three seasons of professional baseball. But uh, during that time, uh, there was a lot of learning, a lot of lessons to uh, that I developed into me. I, I found out that I wanted to be a, a teacher, a counselor more because I, I sensed that I had the talent. I had the passion. I wasn't ready to make a commitment and stay away from I started the, my classes in, in education. And then I, uh, I was not drafted, but I was traded after because I, I dislocated my shoulder. But I decided to stick with uh, my uh, pursuit in education. And so when I was able to start teaching. I wanted to share my knowledge of baseball. I I wanted to stay involved. I had a, a young son at the time, and he he enjoyed baseball. And in fact, he kids me that he I forced him, but I, I really didn't. What I did, because I was working, I was very competitive until I was fifty years old. And I, I used to go and work out and uh, coach and play. And so when he was really young, he didn't want to go. I said, okay, I'm going. I'll see you later. And eventually, uh, my son Mike would go with me on during the games. And uh, I would take him when I was still playing competitively. And so that process evolved. But I had it in my, uh, my thinking. The way that I'm going to share myself is I can pontificate and just talk. But if I take the players and we, we get into competitive situations, the first thing, one of the first things that I did, I contacted my, uh, my uh, dear baseball uh, friend. Uh, we were uh, high school teammates. In fact, he was part of the uh, uh, LA Dodgers uh, uh, for a long time. But anyway, when he finished, I went to him and I talked to him what I wanted to do. So we gathered a lot of the ball players that he had because I knew what kind of coach he was. I wanted to select the people that care. Uh, when I when I coached um, very young, I was very competitive, uh, and uh, I wanted the, the young people to do well. And I think that that was a problem in terms of some of the people. God bless them; they would want the parents would leave their 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 children there, and a lot of the kids didn't care. And the parents, uh, you know, they had other other. Um, other activities that were were important to them. So it's not me saying that they're wrong. It's me saying I was competitive. If I'm going to put my energy, I want the 
the young people that care. So no one would be cut if someone would come in and, and, and uh, start playing and they tried the, their hardest and whatever. They There was a degree of uh, security, but also uh, uh, anticipation of what was asked of them. Do the very best that you can. The only time that I would ever be very frustrated and show it is that someone or some ball player demonstrated he didn't care. It's like a lesson for me. I can just uh, uh, pontificate, just talk all the time. And when they make a mistake, that's a good learning experience. I can talk to them and say something like that's part of the game. But when someone doesn't care, they strike out two or three times and they're laughing and they don't care, then that's my opportunity just as though as when I, they uh, do bad or they make mistakes that I'll encourage them but when someone doesn't care then in hopefully in a very positive way it makes sense to to the ball player so in the process of being involved I, I started with the Kai Mac team the 18 year olds then I came down and we got uh uh, real outstanding coaches. A lot of them were former players, uh, people that I know. We had a good organization, and it uh, it was it was really uh, exciting for me because just as I mentioned to uh, Ben, just by by talking, by committing yourself to something that you have a passion for, and you want to share it. What best way to share it is be right on top of it. You're going to be part of it. You're not going to be worrying about, will people like it? Will In other words, there's no negative. If, if it's a passion, I think it's important that if you have something to share, share in such a way, and you're right on top of it. No one ever had like a travel ball. Travel ball was sort of like a, a, a new phenomenon that uh, it was minimal but when i started like uh i i can i manage and i love managing in the competitiveness and going to long beach and and then taking the players to the black area south there nobody wanted to play there yeah but guess what we were the first we were, i was the first one to call and say we want to play you guys yeah because we good no yeah they, we wanted to play the best yeah and that's the only way that we could put aside the idea that all of us are that good we're yeah. good and and again we 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 did something that was really i think uh uh just something that's going to open the door for the yeah, attitudes that we have yeah. yeah and and people the some of the the uh the teams like in the connie mac baseball in the south area uh, they started they wanted to form a competitive team and the what we were, what we were actually, we were the pioneers, I would say, of the travel ball. Because what happened, the coach from uh, Southgate, the coach from uh, Pasadena, different places, they wanted to get on the bandwagon. And so we would play, and that evolved into a lot of teams going into travel ball. It was good, but it was fun. And uh, it was something that just, it was so... Uh, uh, just so in, in, inspiring, yeah. you get enthusiastic, and it, the, there's so much uh, time involved. In fact, that's why I was very fortunate having a family and having a wife that uh, got into the uh, into the baseball thing. We didn't have any money, and I uh, 
I hustled. I was uh, that's a good saying. It doesn't sound good, but when I started teaching, I wasn't making much money. But we started having dances. Uh, the the priest at the parish gave me the hall. I used to have dances, and we do menudo things, breakfast, and activities. But what I what I wanted to emphasize was that I wanted to give some sort of scholarship. But how can you give a scholarship if you're not making any money? So we'd have uh, we by then we had about four ball clubs ready to have another tour about totally with at one time eight eight different levels what we would do on some of these gatherings we would give uh, i think three scholarships maybe 25 bucks each or 50 for two the idea was that this was a gesture to to emphasize the importance of being educated and so we would help you know we would get uh some ballplayers, some outstanding students or people that were doing well, kids. And so we had these many scholarships. We did that for about uh, 10 years, but we didn't have any money. But yet we, we gave these scholarships. I think during the high school level, we had a few more bucks. We would give out 100 bucks. Always education, always education. Yeah. And, and I think that has that stick, that stuck with, uh, with the individuals. Yeah. Okay, that's a wrap for episode 59 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thank you all for listening. Looking forward to part two of this two-part series of the oral history of the Montebello Stars. I'm really enjoying this podcast and I hope you are too. Remember to please follow All Things Analysis. That's our partnering website on the All Things Analysis Network. Vicious Talk with Benny P. is the feature podcast of the All Things Analysis Network. Please follow All Things Analysis on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We got a YouTube channel now. We're also um, on a web on the website allthingsanalysis.com. You could go and subscribe to check out all of our new content there. We're looking forward to a, a brand new launch and a, re- a relaunch of the website coming up in the next few months. We're excited for the work we're putting in there at ATA. Thank you also for listening to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Please subscribe, rate, and review to where you're listening uh, on your where you're listening from on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, One Podcast. We're on we're on all of them. Google Podcasts. Um, really enjoying this work, and I think this episode really just culminated in in the epitome of what I've been trying to accomplish here on Vicious Talk with Benny P. So hope you all appreciate that. All right, thanks again. Really looking forward to part two of this two part series. Remember to ask yourself at the end of the day. Are you vicious? No!